We are going through the series of The Last Days by Jesus, and uh, it's, a, it's a topic of conversation, hey, a lot of, uh, to do with COVID, I think, it sort of brought it up again, how, how it's going to end, and even in, in your workspaces and uh, non-Christian friends and contacts, um, you're likely to have that conversation, so it's good to come at it from what the Word of God says. So that's part of the reason for why we're doing this, we're going through Matthew 24, 25. And um, just prepare yourselves, prepare your hearts, um, if the Lord gives you that opportunity to have that conversation. And this is what Jesus said about the last days. And um, you can speak truth into people. Uh, great, great uh, opportunity these days. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And as we open it up today, Lord, that you would speak to us. Uh, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do, we continue to say we're open to your spirit this morning. Amen. So we're looking at Matthew 24, verses 3 to 14. As we, uh, Shara and I, were involved in mission, one of the most annoying things about mission for me was how much better Shah was than myself at um, linguistics. Yeah, it's true. And um, it became evident as time went on that she was a way better linguistic uh, student than I. And one of our courses with Whitliffe translators, so they translate uh, the Bible out into um, indigenous languages. That's, that's their mission. That's what they do. Really amazingly intelligent people, the translators. And so we were doing this course with them uh, in Melbourne, and one of our tutors, he was working amongst a people group in Mali called the Tamashek people. And um, so one of the things that he said, he, he gave us this homework that took us days. And the question was, uh, so he was translated into, into the Tamashek language. The question was, um, what was the script that should be used for translating into their language? And there are basically two options. It could be the Latin script, so like what we use English or French, Spanish, um, you know, A, B, C, D. Or there was a much um, sort of more indigenous, older script, which is called the Berber script, which is it's really cool. I forgot to get a photo of it, but it's like mostly lines and circles. Uh, long lines, short lines, circles, dots, things like that. And so they were trying to uh, come to a conclusion, come to a decision as a translating team, which one, the Latin script or the Berber script? And so he put to us, what is the most important question? What is the most important question to work out which of these two options? And so for days, we tried and tried and tried. And at long last, um, Carl had his 30 seconds of glory in the linguistics class because I got the right question. And we, day after day, we came up with uh, different questions. Well, uh, what do the 
Tamashek people prefer? What's easiest to write in the sand? Uh, what's easiest to print? What's going to be more expensive? Da -da. Wrong question, wrong question, wrong question. And then Carl's 30 seconds of glory was this. I said, um, what does the government of Mali prefer? And they did not want the Berber script, the lines and the circles. They saw that as adding to their um, desires for self-control of Tamashek people. They were quite kind of rebellious. And um, they drew, actually, they'd drawn a line, uh, top of Burkina, Niger, Mali, and they wanted that part as the Tamashek Republic. And so the Mali government wasn't really keen to encourage that sort of thing. So they said, no, you have to have Latin script. So uh, the important question, the important question, the important question, what is the important question? And as we look at Matthew 24, 3 to 14, the last days, uh, there's uh, two questions, and one's not very important in our passage, one's really important, the important question. As we look at Matthew 24, I want us to really keep in mind that it's, um, it's like looking down a telescope. You know, uh, I don't know if you've been to Topol or other tourist places, sometimes you look at a telescope and you're looking and you actually don't know as you squint, are, am I seeing something that's uh, a real long way away, two kilometres away, or 20 metres away? You, you don't quite know. And in this passage, there's actually two things going on. There is some events that are only going to be about uh, three and a bit decades away. In AD 70, the Romans um, came in and finally destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. And they tipped over all the stones, that huge temple area, 12 to 13 uh, rugby fields worth of temple area, and they destroyed it and they burnt it. It started AD 66, a rebellion of the Jews due to taxes. Um, Jerusalem was so well fortified, they didn't attack there straight away. They started in other areas of the country. But AD 70, they destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. So that's one part of a telescope. Um, Jesus is saying some things to do with only a few decades away. But also, he's saying some things the very last days, the very last days, hundreds and hundreds of years away. And so those two things are kind of mixed up together in Matthew 24, 25. All right? Let's look at the scripture. Matthew 24, verse 3 to 14. While Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And so the, the when question is not that important to Jesus at this stage. But the what is really important. When will these things happen, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Verse 4, Jesus answered, See to it that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ, and will deceive many. 
you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. These things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of birth pains. Then they will deliver you over to be persecuted and killed, and you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many, many, many will fall away and will betray and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Because of the multiplication of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. The love of most will grow cold. The love of most will grow cold. But the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. And the big question is not really the when question. It's a what question. The what question. What will happen? What's it going to look like? What's going to happen? Six things. Six Ds. First thing is deception. And that's interesting in itself. That deception is the first thing that Jesus talks about. Funny that we're not so concerned about that about being deceived as the early church was. This was the thing that gave them nightmares at night. Deception, the possibility of deception. Verse 4, Jesus answered, Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. Verse 11, And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. False messiahs, false prophets. Those who claim to be the rescuers sent by God, such as Muhammad in the 7th century and Joseph Smith of the Mormons in the 19th century. You know, deception is a terrible thing. And we don't have enough fear of it. We're not afraid of it enough. We're not afraid of deception. But it's a killer to the church of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you that. We've seen it. Several times here where people have got deceived and gone off and joined strange cults at times. Um, there's an account of John the Evangelist in the first century in a bathhouse in Ephesus, modern-day Turkey. And he was about to enter, and then he heard there's a heretic in there called uh, by the name of Serinthus. He was a false teacher. And John says, let us flee lest the bathhouse collapse because inside is Serinthus, the enemy of the truth. Get out of here. Let's get out of here. Didn't say, oh, well, let's go and have a chat to him, see how he differs from what we think. And, you know, maybe Jesus was just a, a man, like Serinthus says, born of Joseph and Mary. Or maybe um, uh, God didn't create the earth as we believe. No, he said, let us flee. The enemy of the truth is inside. False teaching, false belief is dangerous. I remember in Hamilton about 10 years ago, um, 
I was at a church leader's place and we're just on his deck and he pointed out a warehouse which used to be a church, used to have a thousand people and he says, oh, we just bought all their sound gear. And he says, um, this is what happened. Uh, they, they, they were a pumping church and then they, they went off track and they got into uh, a sort of theology of hyper grace. And hyper grace is that because God is a God of grace, and uh, that may be, if we keep on going, God is God of grace, that God will forgive absolutely everything and will forgive everything. And so there's no point in uh, being right, righteous. And so it gives a license for immorality, as Jude verse 4 says. And so they were teaching this hyper-grace so it doesn't really matter what you do because God's going to forgive you anyway. And that destroyed the church. You know, false teaching is dangerous. It's dangerous. So fight for the truth. Fight for the truth. Guard against deception. And part of that is learn the truth. Sit under the truth. Learn the Bible. You know, we have these... Um, home groups, these growth groups, where you can not only hear it here, but go to a place and unpack it, ask questions, talk about it. Uh, there's one uh, Courtney and Donna doing on Tuesday night at, at um, Courtney's place. Shah's doing one Tuesday morning. There's a men's one, Nathan's place, Tuesday night. Okay, learn the truth. Learn the truth, know the truth. I, you know, just because we, these days we can download it all does not mean that we know it all. Learn the truth. Be afraid of deception. First D, second D, destruction, verses 6 to 8. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. And Luke's version says there will be pestilences such as deadly viruses. So there's, there's going to be destruction. There's going to be bad things that happen. There's gonna, some of them are man-made. Wars and rumours of wars. Uh, some have a uh, a component of human, uh, humanness to it, famine sometimes. Uh, other destruction is out of our hands, just natural disasters like earthquakes. And such things will happen, Jesus said. It is what it is, just that's it, it happens. Bad stuff happens. It will happen. Third D, detesting, verse 9. People will hate you, Jesus says to the disciples. Uh, then you'll be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you'll be hated by all nations because of me. You'll be handed over. So including those in power will hate you. Not just the Jews will hate the Christians. All nations will hate the Christians. How do you feel about that? <laughs> really? You know, I, I like to be liked. I, you know, I like 
I like it when people say, hey, Carl's here. Woo. You know? <laughs> I like to be liked. But Jesus says in the end times, you won't be liked. It's one of the indications of the end times that people will hate you. You know, you know that actually people hated Jesus. Do you get that? The most amazing, perfect person the world has ever seen, and people hated him. And Jesus says, the same thing will happen to you. People will hate you for no good reason. Remember praying for Joe, uh, Joe Komanuti, um, most lovely man I think has ever been in this church. And um, he was working up the hospital, and he was getting hammered by this particular person. And we were praying for him, Sean and I, and Sean just said, um, do we know you're a Christian? He said, oh, maybe. I, I'm reading my Bible there sometimes. And he said, oh, that's it. That's why they don't like you. People hate you. You okay with that? Because that's part of the end times. You know, if you just really, really want to be liked at any cost, we're in trouble there. Because Jesus said you will be hated. Third D, what have we had? Deception, destruction, detesting. People will hate you. Defection, verses 10 and verse 12. People will defect from the faith. Verse 10, at that time many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate each other. Verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Did you get that? The love of most will grow cold. That's terrible. Uh, I would like it way better if it's just the love of a few would grow cold. Jesus said the love of most will grow cold. And it's, it's a little bit unsure. It's a bit ambiguous. Is it the love of Jesus will grow cold or the love of the saints will grow cold? And probably purposely so. Probably both. And some people try to separate those things. Yet. You know, I, I love God, I just don't like the church. Well, yeah, what? No, not really. You know, um, I'm kind of, I love God, but I'm post-church. Well, are you post-Bible? Because the Word of God says, love the community of the saints. Jesus says, um, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Ephesians 5.25, Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Jesus loved the church. <laughs> the love of most will grow cold. The love of most will grow cold. Defection. Uh, for me, I, I kind of find this is the hardest thing. The hardest. We're, we're like people that I have really looked up to, really admired in the faith. Uh, I was like, yes, that's what it looks like. And then as years go on, at a later stage, they give up or they cool down. Man, that's hard. That's really hard. And most of us, I'll say many people are um, not in their heads. We've experienced that. But that's part of the end times. You know, that's part of it. 
And even those people that we have admired, have looked up to, we've um, have been instrumental in our own faith, even some of them, their love will grow cold. Not easy, but it will happen, Jesus said. Verse 10, in fact, many will turn away. Verse 12, the love of most will grow cold. And... Uh, you know, many of us, we come to faith, and man, the vibe is so good. It's, there's this peace that comes, there's this love, there's this fellowship, and that initial vibe is good, and it's positive, and it's, it's nice, and then the vibe changes, and it's not so nice. <laughs> Are you ready for that? Can you handle that? That even when trouble comes, when disdain, when hatred, abuse, untruth because of our faith, and even from those that used to be advocates of it, we're strong in the faith. And then they turn and defect. Are you ready for that? Will you stand firm even in that? So the four Ds, deception, destruction, detesting, defection. Okay, let's, let's get positive now. Despite those negative, unpleasant Ds, there's another D that will continue Declaration, verse 14. Declaration of the gospel to all nations. Verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a testimony to the nations. And then the end will come. And that's one of the reasons the Wycliffe translators translate. Because that's got to happen. It's got to go to all. And the word is, um, it's like ethnos. It's like it's not um, political groups, but ethnic groups, like language groups. That has to happen, and then the end will come. And the return of Jesus and the end of the end times is tied to this. And so that we've got a little bit of the when there. The when does appear, and the when is linked to mission. Not so much barcodes and antichrist and symbolic numbers, but mission to the nations, ethnicin, all the ethnicities. The gospel will be preached to all the nations. And we started today by saying Jesus had a couple of questions on the Mount of Olives, and he concentrated on, on one more than the other, more than the when question. And I want to finish with uh, another what question, and apologies to those that have heard this before, I think it was 2014, but it's about a, a terrible uh, bus crash in Nepal. And there were um, very steep roads, bad conditions, um, bad condition vehicles, and uh, 50 people were killed in this bus crash. The only survivor was a monkey. And the police decided they would get the monkey, bring him down to the police station and interview the monkey. See, what, what happened in this terrible bus crash? What went on? And so the police get the monkey, and they say, can, can you hear us, monkey? And the monkey goes... And they said, uh, monkey, at the time of this terrible bus crash when 50 people died, um, what were the people doing at the back of the bus? And the monkey goes... And the police ask, were they drinking monkey? And the monkey goes, 
And the police say, uh, monkey, at the time of this terrible bus crash when 50 people died in the middle of the bus, what were the people doing? Make it. Were they drinking there too, monkey? Monkey at the front of the bus, were the, were the people drinking there too? The monkey goes, monkey, at the time of this terrible bus crash, 50 people died. What was the driver doing? Monkey goes, monkey, what were you doing? <laughs> what were you doing, monkey? That's not my question. The question is, My question is, what will you do as the end times approach? What will you do? What will you do? What will we do? Because basically, we have two choices. We have two choices, one of two choices, defection or affection for Jesus. What will you do? Will you wander from the faith, or will you stand firm in the faith? What will you do? Will you declare truth to the nations, or will you go mute? What will you do? Will your devotion grow cold, or will you remain steadfast? Will you continue to love Jesus, even when all the bad stuff happens, when people hate you for no good reason? What will you do? Will you ditch Jesus or will you be like a, a pit bull grabbing something and locking its jaws and saying, I'm not giving up? <sighs> what will you do? And you know, um, to be saved is not that complicated. All you got to do is remain to the end. Hey. Just got to remain faithful. You just got to be a pit bull and hold on to Jesus. It's not that complicated. What will you do? What will you do as we approach the end times? What will you do? And I want us to. Um, so it's a decision, monkeys. <laughs> what will we do? What will we do? I want us to stand up, please. And I'm, I'm going to give us a chance to decide. And for some of us, it might even be the first time that you've said yes to Jesus. I want to follow Jesus to the end. For some of us, it might be a return. So let's, um, let's shut our eyes. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to continue to work today and, um, and speak to us. And allow people to be open. Open hearts now, Jesus. Holy Spirit, open hearts. And um, if you want to decide, if you want to re-decide, and you've walked away from Jesus, I want you to put up your hand today. Does anyone want to decide for Jesus today? Does anyone want to say, yes, yes, I will continue. And even when I'm hated, I will continue. And say that in your mind today. Say that in your heart today. I will continue. I will continue. Even when people I admire give up, the people that have helped me in the faith turn against the faith, I will continue.
Say that today. I will continue. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Lord bless you.